0: Hey guys, Jeff here from besttechie.com and this is Techie Bites Episode 6. Today I'm going to be speaking with Michael Casolino, the CEO and Chief Creative Officer at 5518 Studios and game industry veteran who's also worked at EA, Disney, and Scopely. Enjoy. I'm here with Michael Casolino, a veteran of the gaming industry. He's been in it for 15 plus years, that's a really long time uh, in tech. To be in a one particular industry, Uh, and I'm excited to have him here. Uh, And uh, so, welcome, Michael. Thanks for being on uh, TechieBytes on the podcast.
1: Awesome! Excited to be here too. Thanks for having me.
0: Great. So, I want I want to kind of start just a little bit with um, you know who you are. Let's start with that. So, who who are you, Michael Castellino? Uh, You've you've had a very interesting background. Talk a little bit about you know. Uh, you know, how you, you know, who you are and, and what you've been doing.
1: Sure. Uh, originally from uh, New Jersey. Uh, when I left New Jersey, I, I went down to school in Savannah College of Art and Design. I uh, was one of the first uh, computer animation uh, people in that, in that major at that point because it wasn't a rather large school at that time for what it is now. I uh, mm-hmm. graduated in 1998 with a computer animation degree. Uh, after I left there, I really wanted to focus more. I always came from traditional drawing. I, I just loved drawing since I was a little kid. Uh, I went to MTV and freelanced there for a little while. I was working with some of my mentors like Bill Plimpton on a, a series that didn't air uh, and also had the chance to work on Celebrity Deathmatch, making characters for them in claymation. So that's where kind of my well, love and passion. <laughs> yeah, that that was super exciting. What the one series I worked on that you know I was excited to work on was Leonardo DiCaprio and Jack Nicholson. Uh, so that that was the Amazing. fight. That, yeah, that, that was a great time. <laughs> uh, after after leaving there, my mentor Bill Plimpton, who is a, a well-known traditional animator. Said to me, looked at me one day, and said that this this art form of traditional animation is a dying art form. As beautiful as it is, it's in ten fifteen years, it's it's not going to be as important as it is today. I I highly recommend that you get back into the computer industry and focus there. And my question to him when was: When he told that, you that,
0: Michael? Yeah. Sorry, I, I just no, I was okay. curious. I was thinking out loud here. When you, when he told you that, what was your initial reaction? Did you did you say, oh? Yeah, that seems like a good idea. Or is that? Or is it more like I don't know? I kind of really like what I'm doing now. Uh, yeah. But, how did that my, play out in your head? Yeah, it's
1: funny. My my initial because he's such a laid back, chill guy. I was like, so are you saying that I suck? Is that we? Are you just trying to sit telling me that? <laughs> is, is that is that what you're trying to tell? He's like, no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not telling you that. He's just like, he's like, look at the way the market is going. And and that was even before you did market analysis or even data back then. It's just like he really. Helped me get where I was at today. Of just saying those simple words that this is a beautiful dying art form. You got to go work on computers. And I was like, really? He's like, yes. And that, and I took that to heart. And it was funny that night. I went home. I was staying in in Bricktown, New Jersey, traveling, commuting back and forth. I saw a commercial for EA Sports and never noticed them before anything. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, that's where I'm going to go work. Yeah. And I was like, that's where I'm going to go work. (laughs) And I applied, and and that was my first computer gaming industry job down in Orlando, Florida, working at EA Sports. Wow. So that so yeah yeah so wor- would- yeah yeah. No go, please.
0: No, so you've worked at EA Sports. Uh, you know, that was your first kind of real kind of computer gaming design job, as you just said. Um, you you worked on a number of different. Uh, projects there and games that people that pe- many people, I'm sure they've seen a commercial on TV or if they're if they're gamers, they definitely know about uh, these games. Tell, tell me a- about some of the games you worked on while you were at EA.
1: Sure, yeah, I mean I was at the, the, the sports division down in uh, it was called Tiburon, uh, was the studio in Orlando, Florida there. Uh, when I started, I was working on, uh, right when we were doing PS1 for Madden so I was working on Madden PS1 and then we wow. had a group of, yeah, exactly, right? Like, pixel pushing. And then um, we, had, we, we had a group of people that transitioned from the PS1 to help support the the release of the PS2 when Madden was going to be a tentpole uh, release for the PS2, and, and when you saw it, when it came out, that was just groundbreaking at that time when Madden came right. out on PS2. How, how big
0: of the jump would you say that was from going from PS working on Madden for PS1 to P, like to PS2, like in terms of the design and the, and, the, and the actual graphics themselves.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a large jump, right? When you're going from something of about 100 polygons, and if some of your audience don't know what polygons are, those are the, the geometric shapes that make up the characters or the stadiums, and you build those in 3D. So being able to mm-hmm. go from the minimal amount of polygons to quadrupling or even sometimes seven times as much like the fidelity that you could get of the characters, you actually knew what, who a character was. You're like, oh my god, I know right. that's there Jerry Rice kind of de- There was some yeah.
0: detail there. <laughs> exactly.
1: So, so the detail in the modeling, the detail in the texturing coming out, it's just like that's what really set you know, where I saw gaming and what technology was going to be on that PS2 saying, oh my god, it's only continuing to get better and better from this point on. Right. So, so that was the kick of that title, and then from that point on, started working on NCAA college football, uh, NASCAR, Tiger Woods. Um, well, another great project that was over there was it was the if you you know if the audience is familiar like EA Big was the big brand that they had with you know the snowboarding and stuff. So what they wanted to take something and say how do we do EA Big and put the football, and that's where again we had a small group go over and start working on that and doing some R and D. And at the end we came out with NFL street and that was, was just a mm-hmm. huge success for the little, for such a little studio. Uh, and it, it, set the brand and we created kind of an IP at that point of taking NFL street and, and really bring it. And if you see it, was just a fabulous time to work on that. Uh, and then NFL street Two, uh, our first non gaming title that came to the studio that I was, uh, uh, working on, which was a pleasure, was such a large team. Was Superman Returns, uh, and the the Curse of Superman as well too. Did hit our studio. Game didn't do well, but you know, it, we we did everything we could, and we we feel like we did our best and then some with that game. And everyone was super proud of that the outcome.
0: Right. So 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 you've worked on all these games at EA. Tell me. I mean, yep. obviously EA is a very big uh, gaming uh, company. That you know they create you know hundreds of different uh, game titles and you know and stuff over oh probably thousands over the years all in exactly um what what goes into what goes into you know uh working with a team uh, on developing you know the the design and the graphics for a uh, for a game at a company like EA
1: Yeah, I mean it, it it's nice. You really have when you're working and I'll just kind of just talk about like Madden football, it's nice because obviously sure. you you have reference, right? You have the stadiums, you have the NFL teams, you have the coaches. So you already know where our bar is and the bar at that point and where it's at today. If you look at Madden that it is today, it's like, oh, my God, the, the stuff that you're doing now is so groundbreaking. It's just like how realistic can you you push these things to make that experience where that end user, the person behind that controller feels like they are engulfed in part of that experience so that's really what we wanted to do and they're continuing to do that, which is great, is make sure that you are part of that experience and getting in there and seeing the sweat coming down the players' faces and seeing the texture fidelity that you do of seeing all of a sudden you you start off the game and everyone's so pristine and by the end of the game their uniforms are filthy dirty and there's grass stains everywhere. Grass
0: stains, exactly, yeah.
1: Exactly, so (laughs) it's really getting, you know, we tried to get, realism as much as possible but obviously with computers and stuff it's hard but really what we wanted to sell is believability and people believing that they're in this experience
0: right so so did i mean i remember when i was a kid back you know a couple i'll just say a couple years ago (laughs) Um, (laughs) when uh when um when i would play with my friends on ps2 we'd play madden or on uh, you know eventually moving to xbox and, and so on um some of the players, uh, kind of, you know, they some of them I feel like were more detailed than others. Um, I, maybe I was just imagining that, but I you know, did you ever got did you guys ever just kind of like fudge, you know, like certain details on players? Like you didn't spend as much time on, let's say, someone who wasn't as as, as important to the, you know, on the team. Let's say their position was a backup, or or you know, just not someone you would typically. Get FaceTime with, uh, you know, when the, when they're watching TV or something.
1: Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> wouldn't can, say – yeah, I mean, I that, that, it's that. a – yeah, I mean, that's a, a good point. I wouldn't say we wouldn't didn't spend as much time. You know, obviously we would dedicate, you know, and give 150% to all the stuff they were doing there. But as a business, you know, as much as it's creative and it's it's, you know, we want it to look visually stunning – But it's also a business, and we have to make sure that some of these key players are selling points, right? The cover boxes of who those cover characters are of Madden football or college football. Like, yes, maybe they have to be a little bit better, or some of their animations might be a little bit more unique than the secondary or tertiary players on the field. But I would say that at a level, they all did, you know, get the same love and dedication. But from a business side and from a selling point, we did have to push certain aspects to make sure things... You know, when you look at the cover art, it's like, damn, yeah, I, 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 I want the Jerry Rice. Like, look at him, and then you look at the game. It's like, it's like, man, he looks just as good, right? That, that is him.
0: Right, right. And, it's like he actually, he, you know, his facial features in the game do kind do look like how he actually looks in real life. And, and if we had,
1: of that Exactly. And if you have time, either at the end or if we do have time, I do have a funny story about Jerry Rice too.
0: Sure, I'd love to hear that. Um, I want to fast forward a little bit uh, in your career you ended up working at Disney for a while um, yes and you were the art director there um, yes especially at Disney interactive and you worked on you know you worked on games like where's my water temple run Oz Tron things like that some big name titles there uh, yep. especially you know uh, I want to talk a little bit about um, not you know we talked just now obviously about how... What went into you know work-wise, um, but I want to talk about the transition I guess from from working on console-based games, which you did mostly I would say at EA, uh, to, to to starting to work more on um, uh, mobile games like sure. on iOS and Android, which you did at Disney and then also at Scopely, um, yep. as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it, what's nice, it wasn't a really hard tri- transition, because I think getting right into where I started in my career of, you know, low polygons, taking low tessellation and doing the modeling and stuff that we were doing for PS1 really helped leverage what mobile was at that point, because mobile, what it is now today, we didn't, we didn't have the, the power of the devices that we had when I started working on mobile. So I had to leverage a lot of those findings and everything that I already knew from working on early console games and say, okay, well, we have to keep the poly count count very low. We have to keep our textures very small. We have to optimize everything because, you know, performance has to work well on your mobile device. So it leveraging... was like you were going
0: back in time almost again. Exactly, uh, exactly. So
1: yeah. I mean so it was a great experience. What was nice about that is because the people that we were getting on the team were, you know, I'll call them more next gen, right? So those are people from the next gen consoles from this who were relatively mm-hmm. new in the industry when I'm like, okay, well, we're building out this character for for Tron and we're doing Cora and she can only be 200 polygons and they're like what like i don't have one million polygons i can work with i'm like i'm like no i was like you've got to make it look just as good as if you had a million polygons but you only have 200 um so and it was a real challenge it was it was a challenge (laughs) for a lot of the artists which was great they were up for that challenge um so i think that leveraging that and and it was great helping mentor them as well too to kind of take their mindset of what they were already conditioned to work and how to work to rethink what they wanted to do. And that's the great part about being an artist is you're always up for the challenge and you want to push yourself to become better. And it was even better, almost like you said, going back in time.
0: Nice. I mean, I could certainly see that as being a a, a shock, I guess, for some artists like that, that came in that were used to working on Some of the latest consoles and they had as you mentioned you know millions of polygons that they could work with to to design with and then just kind of having to step back in time to a time maybe they didn't even experience at at all or if they did it was probably like you know kind of the later stages of of that Um, yeah
1: or or they were like five years old
0: you know right exactly exactly um, so, so let's talk about let's talk about be, let's talk about being an artist uh, in this space a little bit. So, you, obviously, you've been in this business for a while, but like you said, fifteen plus years. That's an extremely long period of time. Not to make you feel old or anything.
1: Yeah. Well, you did um, a good job. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, um, what What kind of advice would you have? Would you give? You know, do you have for people who are looking to get into digital art? You know, graphic design, especially in the video game space. Um, you know what kind what kind what kind of uh, what kind of advice do you have for those people
1: Yeah I mean I would say the biggest advice is just learn learn everything you can from everyone around you you know if 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 you're in school you know leverage the people around you who are working right leverage your teachers and and push yourself because with this industry it just continues to grow and evolve you know the phones that we have today the consoles that we have today are obsolete and tomorrow they're just going to be advancing and if you're not continuing to learn and grow that that knowledge base you're going to be left behind you know i have a couple stories where you know i've had artists who when we were working and we transitioned from ps1 to ps2 you know they wanted to stay on ps1 and we needed people to help support and they were there for a couple of years but then when we needed them to get on the ps2 they're just like oh wow i how do you use this 3d program how do you use that so it's just like (laughs) So it's like making sure you're always learning. And then when you're in school as well, too, those people that are around you, something I always tell, you know, artists and students and stuff like that, you know, always, you know, don't don't cause bad blood with these people around you, too, because you never know the people to your left or right sitting at school it could be the hiring manager or it could be someone that could put in a good review for you at a company because as big as this gaming industry is, it's also very small and everyone knows everybody. So just some right. really good wor- words of advice is, you know, no, no bad blood, continue to learn and, d- and don't stop growing.
0: I definitely think that, you know, a lot of that also applies outside the industry as well. It's certainly, there's cert- that's certainly, you know, great advice. You know, I, I, I have a, I've been in the tech space for a, a while and, and there's certainly, you know, I, I, re- I very rarely, let's say, try and 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 burn bridges or or, or, um you know with people because it is as big as the tech industry is you know there's always people that you run across again and again and again or potentially could run across again uh you know when you're looking to either do a partnership or looking for a job or what have you it's it's always important to to try not to burn those bridges uh, and, and you know maintain kind of cordial relationships with people uh, across, uh, along, along the way I, I think that's I think that's definitely solid advice <laughs> yeah
1: exactly and then also um, on, the, on the flip yeah. side of things when you look at those people who are also sitting next to you at school they're also your competition so you have to be careful about that too right because those people in, right. in that you're graduating you're all graduating with the same degree they're going to all be applying for those same jobs and that's why you always continue to learn push yourself
0: right exactly exactly so, so we so 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 with that said, you know what kind of tools uh, or an application should should someone who's interested in in gaming uh, design be 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 familiar with at the very least to start their career? Um, you know, what kind of tools are, are being used today that that you need to know?
1: Yeah, I think the great part about with the tools that are today, they're so much more accessible now. Uh, when you had to build games back in the day, Uh, you know, all the studios I've worked at, you had proprietary engines, right? You had engineers who took years and years and years to build engines. And now these engines, if you want to create your own game, for example, Unity is a great tool and a great engine to use. It's free. I can just go download it and I can just make any game I want. So now things like that are super accessible, so there's, you know, not to say this in a bad way, but there's no excuse right now to not say you don't want to try something or do something different in this gaming industry. You have all the tools now, you just have to figure out how to use those tools. So, Unity is a great tool that you can use to make the games. Um, Maya and Photoshop, Maya 3D program has been around, you know, for over two decades. You know, Alias, you know, Softimage, all those programs, 3D Studio Max. Uh those programs are still relevant today and they're still evolving and they're very a huge part of the gaming industry. Everyone's using these 3D tools. Photoshop as well, a tool that's been around again for a very long time, is continues to make and push the visuals uh, of what things look like from a texture fidelity. Something that wasn't around that you know I highly recommend if you're getting in the industry today or if you're in school or thinking about doing stuff, it's called Substance Painter substance painter is a a texturing 3d application that you can actually paint in 3d and actually use that to get very photorealistic textures um you know all the way down from your diffuse texture which is your primary you know color texture to a material of you know reflections all the way to a shine or a matte it's just the flexibility and the scale that this software has it's just incredible you'll look at some of this stuff and it looks like so photoreal, uh, and it's so beautiful and that wasn't around when we were doing it we had deep paint and all these other programs that were you know great at that time but by now that this software you know substance painter is just a, a beautiful software highly recommend if people are looking to get in and you're a texture artist or a painter to use that, and it goes hand in hand with a 3D software sculpting tool called ZBrush. Mm-hmm. Interesting.
0: Uh, that's I, I. You know, I'm not that familiar with a lot of those tools. I'm not, as I'm not a designer. Um, but I. I. I'd assume that you know a lot of those tools. Um, like you said, Unity's free. I'm. How. How. Uh, what kind of. What kind of. What kind of investment would someone have to make to. To, to acquire uh, some of these tools.
1: Yeah, I would say Unity obviously is free. They have different structural programs that they structure. If you put your application out, it's a paid application, and you start making revenue from it, At a certain revenue, they want obviously their kickback if you start making a certain revenue. If it's just free and you put it out free and there's nothing in there to support anything, they have no issues or no no problems with that because you're not driving revenue back to yourself. Maya, again, if you're a student, I think student versions are free if you have Maya also has different versions whether you're a pro version or you need like a light version and those can range anywhere from 500 to a couple thousand dollars for that software and same with ZBrush or Substance Painter it's a very minimal uh, you know investment anywhere from I think from 500 to 1000 dollars if that to, to get it in and you can use it as tools. Obviously, you'll have to pay for upgrades, but if that's an initial one you need to get started, it's it's a low investment from a three D artist. You know, if say if you're a freelancer as well, too, you're getting these tools on one model or one painting that you do in these programs, you can make your money back right away. So it's right. a good investment.
0: Definitely. So let's speaking of investment, uh, let's talk a little bit about your business. Let's switch gears a little bit. Sure. Uh, so so you you recently passed the one-year mark uh running your own studio yes um and i'd love to you know kind of get your your thoughts and and, and your and your and your uh your feedback in terms of what are some of the key things you've learned over the past year running your own business as opposed to um working uh you know at at a company like disney or ea or or scopal
1: yeah i mean a lot of things that i've learned i've learned over time at these companies which is great so they really Mm -hmm. help set the foundation of me starting my own company so the experiences i had at ea at disney and scopely really kind of shaped me who i am and take those principles and apply those in my own company so something that you know i like to push and my my partner maxim like to push as well too is is communication right communication is, is key um when you're you're in the industry that we're doing of art outsourcing or development with our partners. So having that communication on a daily basis, working closely with them, it's something that is really going to set the partner and that relationship up for success. Uh, Really what we like to do is with that communication is become a partner. And I use the word partner because when you think of what you know, the studios typically do as an outsourcing studio, they're usually just a work-for-hire. And, that, and that's fine. But something that I want to do is become that partner and a strategic partner to help you know, these companies that, and partners that we're working with set up for success. Because we're invested in that product, we're passionate about what we're doing, and it'll show in what, in, in what we do. And then we're really being that true extension to their team rather than just right, right. a work for hire right so if we are that extension we can help if they give us something they're like, hey can you do this it's like hey well guys have you thought about this like because we have that experience i've made games for a very long time like so being that partner i'm also able to work with them and say hey guys I, i've been down that route you know i highly recommend we don't go that way obviously if you want to go that way sure but this is what will happen what i've done so the expertise and the skill set that we have we they're also leveraging us as well as that again that partner to help you know shape them and grow them obviously there's bigger studios you work with that that a lot of those studios don't need that but it's still a partner and still a relationship but we do work with a lot of smaller studios and I'm, you know, I'm at these smaller studios, rolling up my sleeves, getting on the ground floor, working with them, setting up their process, setting up their pipeline, setting up the communication, and these relationships have been going phenomenal.
0: Awesome. So the yeah, I so mean, those are really big yeah, points. I mean, yeah, definitely. I, I, having, you know, having run, um, uh, most recently, an analytics company called Kaya, uh, I can tell you that one of the key things. You know that, that I always focused on um, was communication as well, and, and that and that was communication not necessarily because we were, um, you know, a, a partner that was building out a you know a, a game design, but because our customers were critical, um, as with any business, uh, to our success and making sure that they were getting the most out of the product and understood, you know, the analytics that we were providing to them uh, was key. So it was constant communication, especially early on when we were building out the product to make sure that, you know, that we were building out things that that were useful to them. Um, And also based on our experience, you know, helping them things, the features that we rolled out, like we had this engaged visitor feature um, allowing them, which basically told you how many people read or viewed a piece of content in its entirety, making sure that they were getting the most out of that Particular feature um, uh, was a, was obviously important um, so yeah communication definitely is a key is a key element I, I would agree with that absolutely okay. Um, okay. and I, I want to talk uh, you know also about how you know you, you you've been in this space for a while you mentioned you kind of alluded to this before you've seen a lot of different uh, things happen in this space uh, from, from, uh, from ideas that were you know taken that, that were worked on to you know, in game design or uh, things that have worked and haven't worked. How do you go about you know approaching a new creative project? Is do you have like a do you have like a, like a checklist that you follow of things like like the way you approach it, or is it more like every kind of a project is, is slightly different?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I wish there was a method to, to the madness and everything <laughs> worked out perfectly, but no, every, every project is different, you know. So, but normally we just have to understand what that project is you know you start off brainstorming on that project again being that strategic partner with the studio and, and working collaboratively closely with them and brainstorming reference gathering getting your data early right i think that's something that's a, a little bit different today is you know a, a lot in the mobile space and in the gaming space it's it's very data driven now and we're getting this information like I said all the analytics to know what what these issues are, and it's also the same with art, right? We have to do a lot of focus testing and ask your demographic these questions. We you know we need to just understand who our audience is, uh, and we need to know what they want before making it. We can't just assume that we know best because the industry is not like right. that anymore.
0: Right, and I think I think a lot of uh, companies sometimes make that mistake. It's a it's a it's a common mistake made uh, among startups and, 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 and companies who were launching a product for the very first time. I'm, I'm of the belief, you know, that, you know, you should kind of, should always kind of, you know, launch a product prior to, not, not so the, not so the case with video games. I would say this is, there is definitely an exemption there, but you should definitely launch something before it's, before it's ready. Um, because you want to get that feedback early on. Um, yeah,
1: and we, and we and, do that and, with video games as well that. too. Yeah, no, I agree right. 100%. And we do that with games as well, too. We, You have to, right? Because you just might think that you have a great idea, but the market drives you and tells you kind of what a great idea is. So you put that out there, right. you test right. it, you shape it, you come back, you change things, you find these fall-off points in games where people are falling off because they don't understand. You tune it, you put it back out there. And that's really what helps drive success. You can't just drive success and put something out there and say, you know what, my gut thinks is going to be awesome. Well, I hope your gut is right, but you, know, you, can't <laughs> just, you just can't do that anymore.
0: Right. That that would be a big, uh, big, big, a big mistake uh, to do that for sure. Exactly. Um, so, so you've obviously, as we, as we talked about, been in the space for a long time. Um, how, how how would how would you say that? The digital art game kind of design space has evolved over the years. The fifteen plus years you've been in this industry, and on top of that, who who's doing really great work right now? Who like who who do you look at from a game uh, studio perspective and say, "Wow, they're doing really great work"?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I touched on it briefly, already. You know, I think it's just like the way things are evolving is the like we were just saying is the ability to test, you know, talk, ask questions about artwork prior to just making it you know even when i was making where's my water one of the you know is the most popular mobile game at that time you know comparable with Mm -hmm. angry birds and cut the rope in 2004. you know we made art with our gut and luckily it paid off but now we totally wouldn't have made that right when we were creating swampy you know the character we would have created multiple versions, hundreds of versions of Swampy and put those in front of our audience and had them kind of look at it and vote and you know, level testing and playing testing and, and doing some QA. We did a little bit of that, you know, with, with Where's My Water, but the, the way that I see that industry involve evolve over these past fifteen years is really understanding your audience now and really figuring out what they want and really making what's best for them. You know, One of my mentors said back in the day when I was making artwork, I was just like, hey, do you you like this? He's like, I like it, but are you making this for me? I said, what do you mean? He's like, you're not making it. This was at at Disney when I was working at Disney. I think it was a Hannah Montana game I was working on. And he's like, well, you're not making this game for me. You're making this for the 15 million girls who are asking this video game for Santa for Christmas. So make that Mm -hmm. game for them. Don't make it for me. Right. So it's really understanding (laughs) who your audience is. And that's how I think times have evolved where we just used to make games and put the games out there and hope they were a success. If they didn't, you moved on to the next game. Now we have the ability to put the game out there, test it, get the analytics, get the data coming back, find out where it's not a success, tweak it and tune it, put it back out there and keep going. And then eventually, if it's not just working all together, then you cut ties. But at least you know you did your due diligence to really test it. Back then, when you burnt it to disc, it was on disc, and that was it.
0: So right. So, so quick question before you move on to, in terms of the uh, who's doing really great stuff, I, I'm curious. So, ha, 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 because of the the implementation, let's say of analytics and data into the game development business, has that increased the amount of time? It, uh, or have you guys figured out a way to streamline it, and you can still get a game to market in the kind of same time period that you used to be able to without that stuff? Uh,
1: you know, it, it is a little bit different now. Uh, it does take a little bit longer because there's expectations now of getting these games out quicker because the, the especially on the mobile market, and you know, there's how many hundreds of thousands of app come out every month, right? So if you're not, you know, right. quick to market. You know, if you're not quick to market, then you, you will fail. Also, if you don't have hollow, empty pockets filled with cash and you can market that stuff too, you're also going to fail. So, that's a whole different topic of discussion that we have about marketing <laughs> your games. But right. so, yeah, no, it, you, the expectations of game when you get a game from start to finish, it's roughly anywhere from 12 to 18 months. But within those 12 to 18 months, you're going to have testing phases, right? You're going to put it out there for, for beta, for alpha. And then you're going to keep des- testing, you know, you're going to put a test out to just test the, the technology to make sure, okay, well, we got 50 users in it, great, it, it's stable. Okay, well, what happens if I have 50,000 users in it? Is it still going to be stable? How's the back end? Are we going to be able to support? How's performance going? So it's you have to do that testing, you know, especially on the tech side. We, I like to make sure our studios are great working with to, to push tech first. Then looking at the game, understanding the gameplay and the game patterns, see where there's fall-offs, put that out. And usually art isn't a problem. Art, if it is a problem, you know we'll be able to change that art over the air. We don't have to do client updates on Apple or Google. It's like, okay, well, people aren't liking this particular character we did. Okay, let's just swap the character out so when they come tomorrow, there's a new character. And they're like, oh, wow, on the forums, you're like, I love that new character. Well, we're able to do that over <laughs> the air, which is nice.
0: That that's certainly a nice a nice uh, perk in terms of not having to update the client side uh, app or uh, and, and I guess that also wouldn't be able to be done on like the days of like PS1 and PS2 or even the original Xbox where the games are burnt to disc and then as you said they're kind of that's the way they are.
1: Yeah, I mean I don't know how many times when we were working on environments like we had spelling errors or something and then it's just up <laughs> somewhere. someone's like oh my god this is a Florida studio and they spelled Florida wrong. It's like, well, there you go. It's um. it's burnt to disk. There's nothing we can do about that. <laughs>
0: so, but, so, so, uh, yeah, go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say to to your other question. I mean, some of the top studios that you know we're looking at right now, you know, from from a console side of thing, you know, if you look at like Respawn, what they're doing with with Titanfall, like uh, the artwork that they do is just phenomenal and, and beauty. You know, Call of Duty, the the, the stuff, the, the more cinematic. And, and I, I really think what they're doing now is, you know, all, all, all these companies, especially on the those console side of the really the next next gen stuff that you're doing is is really engaging their users. And, and I think really pushing them to feel like they're part of this experience. Um, and it's not even just on the, the gameplay. It's, it's, it's everything in general has has taken a leap forward when you look at the cinematics and camera work that they're doing, when you look you know, in Call of Duty, when you're looking at um, you know, the, uh, the, the sound score, uh, the the effects in there, uh, just like the, the, the animation, it's just like I got chills right now just talking about it. It's just like everything that they right. do really kind of brings you into that world. And it's just so beautiful. So it is that whole experience. And I know, you know there's always this controversy, especially on mobile. It's like, oh, well, people don't play with audio, they turn that stuff off. It's just like, but you know what, you don't want to sell short anywhere. You want to make sure that whole, full experience, because there is maybe that one user who does have the audio on, and we shouldn't limit them right. from not having a great experience. So you want to make sure, and I think that's really what console is doing of, of these larger studios, of, uh, uh, you know, what Wargaming is doing on, on, on PC and, and for the next-gen stuff. So there's so much stuff, I think, on the console side, and on the mobile side, what, what I realize like, there's so many, like, little indie studios, like, smaller studios, like, 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 Ketchup, uh, you know, Zynga's still doing really well, uh, you know, in the, in the casual space, uh, there's Redemption Studios in, in, in San Diego, I mean, there's so many people that are coming out now that, you know, the, the technology and the way they're pushing these games, it's hard to even say, like, who are you looking at? Because there's so much stuff up there that is so good. There's so much reference and, and knowledge base that you can get from what people are doing that all these conferences that's why I love going to conferences, seeing what these studios are doing. You know, there's so many outlets for any of your, your new users or, or students like Art Station. You know, there's a this outlet where people can put their artwork up and people can look and give critiques and feedback and you know, so there's so many outlets that we didn't have growing up when we started in this industry to to be expressive and, and social, to share what you have and share your knowledge base. So it is really hard to say who's doing the top thing because there's so many people doing such great things.
0: Right. No, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree in terms of the 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 the, the 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 quality of work that's out there these days is is impressive. Like I, I've seen you know, you see all those game trailers now, like those are like a huge thing. And and it's like watching a movie trailer. And I mean, it's like re- their quality is really good. Like they, yeah, they really people, spent a lot of time, like you said, on the cinematics and, exactly. and, and, and and the audio and everything.
1: Yeah, it has to be that full package. And and all that stuff that you're talking about is all in-game cinematics. It's not anything that's pre-rendered or anything. That's all in-game engine stuff. And it's just like, oh my god, like. Like, look at this, and then I look at like I, I wouldn't even want to show my demo reel or portfolio when I got in this industry. People would be like, "Really, you got in this industry
0: with that?" It's
1: just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, we couldn't find a VHS anyway, so that's fine.
0: Yeah, that that uh, yeah. I mean, that could that could cause cause some problems. So I want to hear that Jerry Rice story that you had. Um, oh, sure, before, sure. Before we get to our lightning round.
1: Yeah, so my, so my, my brother loves this story so when I went to EA I got you know I, I was a big sports guy like I love playing sports I'm not a big fan of watching sports yeah I am now but back when I started off all I cared about was drawing and stuff so when I uh, went to EA they're like oh you a big football fan I was like yeah I'm a big football fan but I really wasn't a big football fan but I definitely <laughs> wanted a job um, so the first year I got there I went to Madden Bowl. So they had the Madden Bowl in uh, New Orleans, I believe it was that year, and I'm, you know, sitting at a table, you know, and again, there's a lot of like celebrities come and stuff, and uh, that's fine, whatever. So I'm sitting at this table, and I was talking to this guy for like probably like 20 minutes, and we're just shooting shit, just having a good time, and you know, he was asking me <laughs> a lot, of, and he was asking me a lot of questions about the game, and I'm like, man, this guy's really interested in what I'm doing, so. He leaves and my buddy comes up to him. Me, he's like, "Oh my dude, you hung. Do you know you were hanging out with for like 20 minutes?" I was like, that's "Jerry, that's this guy Jerry." He's just like, "No, not just this guy Jerry." That was Jerry Rice. I was like, <laughs> I was like Who, "Who's Jerry Rice?" Right? And i just like, and I was like, "Well, that's probably why the guy didn't mind me. Like, I wasn't asking him anything about football. I wasn't talking to him about what he, you know." He said, and "I was like, oh, do you play? Right, it was do, you do, you like, do you
0: it was probably like a refreshing experience for him yeah yeah i was like oh
1: what do you do he's like oh, i play sports i was like oh that's cool you know and then like that was it that was the that's the, i think the only question i asked him so my 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 brother is always like pissed at me he's like i can't believe you hung out with jerry rice and you didn't even talk to him i was like i did we just shot the shit about like hey what are you doing here you know that's a, so, that's great
0: that's, that's yeah. awesome.
1: yeah i hope uh, probably all uh, your list all your <laughs> listeners will probably be yelling at me right now probably get, getting bad reviews here
0: you, you, and I'm guessing you didn't get an autograph, then. <laughs> no,
1: no, no autograph.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That's a good story. I, I like it. Even, even <laughs> though, even though uh, you didn't know who he was, I, I still like it. I think that's a good story. Nice. Awesome. All right. Well, Michael, I, I really appreciate again you being on, on, on this episode. And um, the way we normally close it out yep. is. Uh, We do this thing called the lightning round, which is a couple of different questions, this or that type style. You just pick whatever one, I I read them off, and you pick as fast as you can whichever one you like better. There's no right, there's no wrong, Um, no one's going to judge you, Uh, so whenever you're ready, let me know.
1: Um, Let's do it.
0: All right, here we go. FPS or RPG? RPG. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. IOS or Android? IOS. Console or mobile gaming? Mobile. And the most important question for all designers, Mac or PC? Mac. (laughs) That's what I, that's what I, I I was expecting that. I just wanted to make sure. I'm a Mac guy myself, but, but, you know, I figured we'd settle that once and for all.
1: There we go. Let's do it. See if it was, it was lucky I was waiting for a camera question, like Nikon or Canon, so. (laughs)
0: Oh, <laughs> well, which one do you prefer? Since you since you threw it out there, my girlfriend's a photographer as well. She's a Nikon. A, She's a Nikon a, girl, though.
1: I'm a I'm a Nikon person.
0: Nice. Yeah, one of the uh, I have a, another friend who's a commercial photographer. He's also a Nikon guy. That's how, how, that's kind of how she got into it, because um, well, the, the 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 digital SLR that I bought her a long time ago uh, was was a Nikon based on his 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 recommendation. Um, so, no, so I mean I, I, they're, they're both yeah. great
1: crammers but you know again it's just a personal preference and it's all about the lens anyway right
0: exactly <laughs> exactly exactly well Michael it was great having you on I appreciate it thanks again
1: no thank you for having me and let me talk about my my, my my past future and 5518 studios totally appreciate it
0: nice and if, and if anyone wants to get in touch with you what's the best way for them to do that
1: you can do that at contact at 5518studios.com or our website, www.5518studios.com. Check us out, follow us on Instagram at
0: 5518studios. Awesome. All right, Michael, have a good one. All right,
1: appreciate it, man. Thank you, take care.
0: Thanks for listening to Techie Bites. Stay tuned for more episodes every Tuesday with awesome interviews and conversations about technology and business. If you like what we're doing, please consider supporting the podcast at anchor.fm slash best techie and or by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. Both ways help us greatly and are much appreciated. So thank you. Until next time, we'll see you. And remember, remember, take care of your computers.